Hello, this is Michael, and welcome to the Dreadcore. Hello, and um, today I am joined by Sam Breacher-Jones uh, of uh, Emperor's Path and Unremembered Heresy, um, which I, I've heard described as the most media-heavy a podcast group in the heresy which is <laughs> sounds about right because because you've got younger you've got tabletop is it tabletop banter emperor's path and and the podcast uh, itself uh yeah and then you've also got jody from the xlc so oh, we've you got can't forget jody we've got uh lots of little outputs that um evidently tom's tom mentioned and uh obviously was trying to increase our head size for the podcast yeah yeah. So uh, yeah. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, live streaming and video uh, content uh, creation in the Heresy. So um, Sam, do you want to give a little bit of background to your, you know, live streaming and video stuff? Yeah. Sure. Um, so I I started a YouTube channel uh, about two and a half years ago now, and it was mainly as an outlet to be able to talk about Warhammer and and sort of it was more. The actual gaming side of it was to encourage me to get all my stuff painted because I found that at that point in time, I was really lazy with painting. Uh, None of it was fully painted in closing. Uh, So it sort of helped to give me that boost of getting stuff painted. Um, It also allowed me sort of like a a place to just sort of not necessarily vent, but discuss my feelings on particular things. So on my YouTube channel, uh, I tend to do sort of uh like bat reps uh tend to go up on sort of a friday evening if they're available and then i do like a sit with sam sunday-esque thing where i I tend to talk about something or i promote something or show something off to sort of um give a little bit of difference between the different videos um over the last two years it, it it sort of it did a year of sort of being quite quiet and then all of a sudden uh at christmas 2016 it just sort of uh, took off really really quickly and i'll be honest i don't know why it, it just happened uh but it was really really good for me um it you i'm now predominantly a horus heresy only podcast uh, sorry uh youtube channel and it it's really changed how i look at painting stuff and playing games and things like that i mean it's quite well known that i've got an awful track record for winning games uh i lose quite a bit which I think personally for me, it's quite nice to see the owner or the the person who runs a YouTube channel to not win all the time. Because sometimes you see other channels uh, whose content is fantastic, but the person who runs the YouTube channel wins almost every single game and it can get a little bit stagnant. And I'm sure there's someone out there who says, well, actually seeing someone lose all the time can be quite stagnant. But I hope it shows that I'm not some sort of over cheesy power gamer or anything like that in what I do. And I try and make a, a sort of a little story about everything that we do on there. Um, the podcast and the live stream side of things. Um, I started talking with Callum from Tabletop Banter and we decided to start a little podcast because uh, we just wanted to talk about heresy because we found we were texting and talking to each other all the time. Uh, and this is quite a new thing. So obviously we we do Unremembered Heresy, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, I don't mind talking about Unremembered Heresy. It's a very good show. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, 
it's predominantly uh, a show about Horace Heresy uh, and Callum and Jody abusing me. Um, they find it quite funny to wind me up and uh, try and find ways of uh, testing me as much as physically possible. Um, it actually turns out that we were running the same sort of shows alongside you guys uh, at Edge of Empire because uh, Michael messaged me and said, oh, we're just about to do a Fast Attack episode as well. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, because uh, you went out, you were doing Fast Attack and then we're like, yeah, we just plotted out our entire episode. Yeah, uh, ours is due out any day now. Um, and what I liked is that your your Fast Attack episode seems to... We, we all look at different things and I think that's what's quite nice. We're looking at a same the same topic but in different ways and to the point where it's not samey mm-hmm. yeah it's good uh, to get uh, different points of view on stuff yeah um and i really liked your fast attack episode um I, I really enjoyed the iron warriors episode actually as someone who doesn't necessarily play on what iron warriors um you and i have already discussed uh off off podcast off recording that i really enjoyed your sort of fast bike list that you made so it was, yeah. it was quite a breath of fresh air to see something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and then the, the live stream stuff sort of happened where I work very closely with a local events uh, company who mainly do 40K events, and it, uh, they're called Confrontation Events. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's my friend Ricky. He puts together really, really good South Coast-based uh, events for 40K. And I sort of approached him and said, look, I'd really like to do a heresy one. And he said, brilliant. Okay, let's do that. So he and I got together to start a 30K event series because the South Coast is, it's sort of sporadic with its events. I mean, we've got 30K Frontier down here. um, And then there's a couple of bits that go up in Brighton and Eastbourne. But I mean, in terms of other parts of the country, we're quite dormant in terms of heresy events but at the same point we've got lots of people who play heresy Mm -hmm. um and then ricky and i sort of put the event on and we decided we were going to give live streaming a go so we sat down worked out what we'd need uh ricky provided some stuff i already had bits and bobs and then slowly over time we've been sort of building up the live stream stuff to the point where uh not this weekend coming but the weekend of the 21st i think it is uh i'm helping him out at his 40k event and we're going to be doing some 40k 8th edition live streaming on there um which works perfectly for me because it almost acts as a um a practice run ready for our 30k event in july yeah doing yeah yeah which we we were Uh, thinking of coming to but sadly uh chris couldn't get the time off and uh, <laughs> if he couldn't get the time off we had nowhere to stay and yeah i mean you guys live at the complete opposite end of the country so it makes it's it's a very justifiable reason to not be able to make it yeah yeah long way although we are thinking of going to the uh eastbourne event as at a niblium salvation i think so eastbourne. i mean i've spoken to tom about it but i haven't yeah. had a chance to really look at the actual event my problem is if I can't get the dates, I don't tend to look at the events, not because I'm being rude, but because otherwise I get myself so excited about going. And then you get but upset. Can't. Yeah. Then you get yourself so all, mine, oh, I can't go. Yeah, exactly. And my mind's all about, can I make it? Can I afford it? No. Okay. Let's not look at the event pack and get stupidly excited about it. If I can make it brilliant. And then I sort of go full steam ahead with it. Hmm. 
Yeah. And with that, with his event being in the summer holidays and my wife being a teacher, we're currently waiting to find out where we're going for our little uh, summer getaway. So we're, we're sort of stuck on that moment at the bit. Yeah, because obviously, uh, and that limits limits you because money wise, obviously, it's more expensive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sorry, I know I know a few teachers, and that's their that's their biggest complaint. Not being... yeah, it's it's even worse if you're the husband or wife um, or partner of a teacher because you you yourself can can go on a holiday at a fairly cheap time, but um, it's it's the fact that they can't and it, it sort of restricts you a little bit yeah yeah i suppose it would be actually because because then you just ah oh, it, it could be so cheap yeah that's the thing you just have to it's, it's like the events i can't look at holidays that are outside of term time because otherwise i'll just make myself sad yes yeah i guess you would wouldn't you so <laughs> uh yeah so for for the live streaming when was the first time you did live streaming because i've seen a few of your live streams and i think i know which was which what, what the answer is but i guess the listeners don't um i guess the first official live stream was at the path to confrontation the first path to confrontation event in november on november 5th last year yep um we did sort of like a few practice runs that unfortunately the venue let us down with wi-fi and stuff like that so we couldn't connect to the internet but we'd sort of recorded some on different aspects so we could at least get used to the way that it happened mm-hmm. um but the first official live stream was uh the path to competition in november it was a one-day event so we knew that like we had plenty of time to sort of sit down and work out what we needed um it was really useful because actually being we had quite a few people tuning in across the day um who sort of chimed in and people who i could then contact and sort of say right okay you watched it what was your favorite part what didn't you like what do you think needs improving and bits and bobs like that so it was quite handy um that the heresy community seemed to sort of jump on it uh, a lot more than the 40k community had in sort of like test runs and stuff like that so it was quite good for us yeah yeah so um and yeah so uh what what kind of equipment did you find was needed because i think uh were you a blood and glory uh no i wasn't no, sadly weren't, weren't. it was another one i couldn't make it to ah uh, yeah because because that's where we first sort of were um introduced to the concept of you should do live streaming by the warhammer community team mm. and they sort of uh, uh <laughs> and they and i was like oh yeah we'd love to do something like this but they've got i mean the equipment they have is uh well you can guess it, it's yeah really... i mean i uh, i believe a friend of mine found out what webcams they were using, and they were sort of like two hundred pound webcams. Oh, they, they weren't. They, the- they weren't using webcams there. They had the proper, full on. I mean, uh, you know, production grade BBC style stuff. Oh wow! Okay. I mean, this was this was some pretty. I've got. I think I might have some photos. I don't know. But I will get some photos of the next time I see the stuff. But I mean, they've got yeah, they've got proper webcams up uh, up on the um the the uh, what you call it the frame. Yeah, that overhangs the uh the what you may call it the the table. Yeah, but, I mean theirs is a quite industrial frame as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is which is uh yeah. I mean that that's kind of intimidating when you look at the kind of stuff that they 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 do. But they, yeah. they said to us, well, you know, we only started with a, 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 a hundred quid webcam when we did our first tests and it's perfectly doable to do it through that. And it was sort of like, oh, okay, maybe we could do it then. Mm. So I mean, what kind I mean, of, the getting... sorry, 
Oh, so I, I was just going to say the actual getting started part of it was relatively easy. It's just how much you want to sort of develop it further. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you use an overhead camera and then you've got one at the end. Is that? Yeah. Um, so the first, first time we did it, we started with just an overhead camera and a camera facing the people commentating, which is predominantly myself and uh, anyone who can come and join me, really. Mm-hmm. Um. The main thing I wanted was I wanted to have the commentators. I didn't want it to be super serious because that's not what I'm about. I'm, I'm, I try and make everything a little bit more happy-go-lucky. Uh, I'm not good at being serious. It doesn't work very often. Um, and I wanted it to be sort of like a really cheesy NFL. In fact, the actual uh, instance I had in my head was uh, in the film Dodgeball where they've got the commentators and you've got Jason Bateman playing the really uh, stupid sort of teenage character. Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted it to sort of be like that where it's not super serious. So I already had a, I say a gaming headset. It was a Philips headset that I got from Argos for 16 quid when I used to have a computer that uh, I could play games on. Uh-huh. Um, and the sound quality on it is really good for such a cheap headset. So um, I was running through uh, our MacBook, um, which only has sort of a couple. of It's got two USB ports and it doesn't have a mic input. So I bought a a USB sort of extender box. So going from one USB to sort of four or five. Yeah. Uh, I then ran the headsets through a USB converter and I just bought a joint uh, sort of jack to jack. So I could run two headsets out of the same input. So I didn't have to worry about sort of making sure the levels were okay. Um, in essence, I just bought another one of the Philips headsets so that I knew that the headsets were the same sort of level yeah, and the same quality. So you didn't have one person who was amazing sounding and one person who was really quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, the actual sort of support beam that we used is something that Ricky uh, used to use with his girlfriend when they did photography stuff. And it was actually uh, one of those things that you put a backdrop reel onto the top so that you've got a really nice backdrop of whatever you're taking pictures of. Oh, right. Uh, and it actually works perfectly for duct taping a webcam to the top rail and then sort of pushing it up so that you can get a nice good table view. Mm. And then sort of over the time, uh, I've invested in more webcams. I think now I've I've got two, two or three really good webcams. I just I actually need to sit down and work that out. <laughs> How many <laughs> webcams I've actually got. Um, but the idea was to have um, a good over- overhead shot of the table and then two sort of cameras on the end of each each end of the table and then a shot of the commentator so that you could see them talk you can see their facial expressions on what they're commentating on. Yeah. And I think uh, all in all, the webcams are £35 each. I've got a really cheap webcam that I got years ago for a fiver off eBay, which is it's good enough quality to sort of do the overhead shot because you, you can't pick up much anyway in terms of the overhead shot anyway. So having two good quality cameras at either end is a lot better for picking up particular models and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. So the actual setup in itself after the computer side of it is actually really, really cheap to do. Yeah. I mean, we went, uh, we very similar to you. In fact, um, we went with, um, Two overhead cam, well, one overhead camera, um, we've, which we've actually mounted completely differently to you. We have a microphone stand 
that sits at the side. Okay. And then extends over the top and has uh, an attachment that lets you attach uh, a camera to it, which the webcam sort of um, screws onto. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was our cheap solution. But having listened to your the backdrop frame thing, that sounds like it might be a lot more sturdy and stable, even if you are just duct taping to it. Um, yeah, I mean, the mic stand one is a fantastic way to get into it, especially if you are trying to do it on the cheap as well. So mm-hmm. that's probably... Which we like, were. <laughs> so, and it's a, it's a much less intrusive option as well. So that's actually a really good way of doing it if you want it to be less intrusive to the players playing on the table. Mm-hmm. The only problem with it is it's easier to knock, I think. Yeah. Than something with two legs, uh, you know, on either side of the table. I think it'll be more stable. Yeah, I agree on that one. (laughs) So, and then we've got, um, and then we use for um, sound. We went slightly different because we weren't sure we would be able to have a commentator all the time. So, Mm. although we've set it up so it can do a commentator, um, and, you know, it did from time to time, we actually have um, it set up for the, so that the voice you, the voices you hear are actually the players. So we use a, a wireless headset, which we found at a supply, um, store uh well i say supply store supply sort of uh page on amazon for um uh aerobics instructors uh or pilates oh. instructors and things so you know the the, the 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 headsets that they would wear to then say you know work it go into downward dog and all that kind of i love that i think that's great rubbish and it was sort of like it's cheap it's only vhf so it's got the problem that um it will get interference um from um your uh what you call it um uh, mobile phones if they're in the same pocket um which to be honest is something i've not had to contend with for a long long time (laughs) i remember when you know yeah that's it's an odd feeling not having your mobile on you it's the equivalent of having not having your keys and your wallet on you as well yeah yeah so we, we, we just put them in different pockets and that seemed to work for when we did um uh what you call it um Company of Legends. Yeah. It seemed to work, just asking people to put it in a different pocket. Um, and then, uh, and then we hooked that into a audio interface, um, along with a, sp- you know, had two inputs, one for the microphone for the commentator and one for the, um, the box set for the headless, the, you know, the headsets. And then just fed it all into, and I'm assuming you use the same software we do, OB- OBS. Yeah, uh, I, I run on Mac, so I can't use SplitX, which is the other uh, great one that people have record to, recommended to me before. So yeah, OBS is what I use. Yeah, I'm on a PC, so we use a. I use a OBS anyway because it's free. Yeah, and it works with just about everything. Yeah, the, I think the features on OBS are a lot easier to use. Um, yeah, I tried just... Expert, and it wasn't it wasn't as intuitive. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of an odd one. I mean, so Cal from Tabletop Banter, he actually uses XSplit or SplitX to record his YouTube videos. Uh-huh. So they're all done through him using XSplit and sort of doing the same thing that we do on our live streaming. And he'll have one camera set up on the models. And all he'll do is when he changes, he's not editing that. He'll literally record and then click a button and it will switch to the different camera. And then he'll just sort of talk live and it it's quite a clever way of doing the YouTube videos really. And he was actually the person who gave me the most amount of help when I was trying to sort of get OBS set up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but OBS isn't too is is a really easy. There's so many tutorials out there on YouTube that people yeah. have used, and we've actually used a slightly fancier piece of technology to uh to make ours work properly. We've got a um, a stream deck from Elgato, mm. um, which we've got all the buttons for the various camera angles because. Uh, like with you, yourself, we split. We, we, you know, we can change what's what is the biggest camera on screen. Yeah. Although we've got ours going through, you know, by default it goes through. It just um, switches automatically every five minutes. I think it's worth mentioning at this point as well that I, you and I were speaking quite a lot about live streaming uh, before the event, and I. As someone else who live streams, I really enjoyed watching your live stream. And I've said to you in the past that I really like uh, yourself, Graham, and Chris's voices. I think they work very well together. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. So I was, I think for me, as someone who likes double commentators as well, I think I would love to see that sort of uh, the two out of the three of you working together. But at the same point, your live streaming looked so good in terms of like the actual production value behind it and everything just looked really spot on well we try (laughs) and that's just using the you know off the shelf webcams which goes to show you you don't need all this super expensive equipment to make it look good you managed to do it with off the shelf stuff that um you didn't have to sort of take out a bank loan to uh obtain no, no, I mean, uh, it's, uh, Logitech C922s, I think, um, mm. which are a little bit more expensive than, than your £35 ones, but we got them all second hand. Um, and it was because when we were starting, we were like, well, do we need to do this at full 1080 uh, or 720? You know, should we, should we be prepared for that? And then we find out that uh, the USB hub, only supports uh, two webcams at uh, 720. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, that, that can be a small problem. Yeah, so, so you end up having to have another another USB hub. Uh, which is a little bit interesting. Mm. It's sort of finding in the limits of the, of the technology as well. Because, I mean, what do you imp- output your cameras at? Um, my cameras are set to... So I think the overhead camera that we use is 720. Yeah. Um, and then the two side cameras run at 1080. Uh, but they, I think they run it a little bit less just so that it doesn't sort of kill either. We don't struggle on the Wi-Fi and then we don't struggle with the computer as well. We try to make it so that we're not pushing it to the complete max. But even with them running at 720 there's a big difference between them and the 720 camera that we actually have. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we, we're running ours. Our, our overall output runs at 720 uh, so that we mm. don't kill the Wi-Fi because uh, we made the Wi-Fi struggle <laughs> for everybody yeah. else. Not for us, but for everybody else. The one thing I am surprised about live streaming, I don't know if this is something that you've tried, is... Um, Actually streaming the Wi-Fi through or tethering it through a mobile is so it uses so much less data than I actually thought it would. But it's also still quite fast. I never tried that. I might have a, have a go at that. It's something that um, so I did the live streaming for Greetings from the Warp yeah. uh, in November yeah. last year as well. Was that done through a phone? 
yeah that was actually done through so andy uh who's part of the sort of the the team at greetings from the walk he just used his uh he had a second phone for work i think and he had data on there so we were using the data on that one and i was oh how much data have we used and it was minimal like um i think over the course of the weekend doing five games running at about three hours each we used something like three gig of data max wow that's not bad at all i might have to consider that because uh yeah because we want to do more live streaming uh it's just a case of uh my house isn't that big so we can't really do that many games at my house comfortably yeah so uh i suppose we could do it at graham's (laughs) i don't know what his is like or whether his wife would be happy with that um but it's like when we were thinking oh well we could go up to the club uh, and do it to the venue we've got for the club but then that club that venue doesn't have wi-fi so we're thinking well it might have to just be recorded and then uploaded as a separate video which is still pretty good Um, i I think i don't know whether it's worth mentioning when we were sort of trying to work out what emperor's path was we did actually try doing the mic stand uh overhead recording all right what we did was we recorded it at a friend's house or at the club and we tried to get it so that we could get as much of an aerial view as possible so that you could still see stuff and we recorded the webcam and then what i would do is i'd go home edit it make sure that there were breaks in between turn one two and three so you could see it and then we'd all get on a skype call and watch the video together and we'd sort of narrate the video so it wasn't necessarily live but we'd sort of i think i used to do it at times eight speed so uh, a three-hour game ran quite i think it they'd be about 40 minutes sort of give or take depending on the actual full time of the game but it's it was really handy to sort of go back and sort of do an audio over the top of oh so this was when uh this happened oh wait look for this boom there we go that's gone so it was quite a handy way of doing it that's interesting for the people who had played in it so they still got a, a voice in it so i don't know if that's something you want to try later down the line well, that's definitely something worth considering yeah no i didn't think of that I suppose if you're playing it at the uh, at the, at the at the high speed as well, it, you know it, it makes the videos quite compact. Because because the, the thing that uh, I suppose what did worry me about live streaming full games as opposed to doing battle reports is the videos are you know instead of being forty minutes are are, are three hours long. Yeah, and that can be sort of like because there's so uh, there was a game at Greetings where it was Militia versus Custodes. Uh, no, uh, it was militia versus uh, Astartes, um, and the sheer amount of militia that um, the guy had um, was just so much that actually, in terms of if I didn't have someone sat next to me sort of commentating, it would have been quite a, a boring game for people to watch. Mm. Um, and what happened was it was a like stuff did blow up, but where it took so long to move and took so long to shoot and stuff, um, I actually sat down with Tom Henry, who's Angel Exterminatus on Instagram. Oh yeah, uh, he's appeared on Thirty K Channel and Geeks War Gaming quite a few times. He's an absolutely lovely bloke. Yes, um, and we ended up sa- we sat down and just talked about our favourite books the whole game whilst the game was still going on, so people could still see what was going on in the game. And we'd occasionally go back to what was happening, but actually we ended up having a completely different chat, and um, it engaged with the people who were watching as well. Yeah, so a bit like a live podcast almost. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's uh, that's very interesting. I mean, uh, uh, did you select the players specifically for um, the live streaming at uh, Greetings with the Warp, or uh, 
not Crutons uh, and Walkers, the club, isn't it? No, uh, I think at, um, most... at, at uh, Path to Confrontation, did you select the players or, or was it just sort of random allocation depending on who? Um, at Path, I definitely picked the players that I wanted on the table, uh, either people who I knew well who I could get a decent amount of banter with, uh, people who myself and other commentators could sort of wind up uh, and sort of uh, make fun of like in a jokey way. Yeah. Um, I think the first game I had, uh, Jody and Callum, funnily enough, um, this is before the podcast even started, uh, and I picked it because Jody had loads of infantry, Cal had loads of infantry, and it was a really good first game to get on the table, get used to how it went, and as I say, we were able to sort of pick on them. Second game, we had uh, my friend Philip, who is uh, at A at Hobby on Instagram. Uh, he's been on the channel a couple of times with his Mechanicum and his Custodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, once again, knowing that I knew the person I could sort of, I knew how to approach them and it wasn't sort of my most honest opinion is when you're, when you do the 40 K tournaments, the people tend to be a lot because it's a tournament. It's about coming first. The people tend to sort of be a little bit more uptight. It's probably not the right word, but it's the best word I can use to describe them. They don't necessarily want to have commentators talking to them all the time. They just want to get on with the game, get everything sorted. Heresy's not like that. People really enjoy a lot of banter, a lot of winding up, and it's something that I I enjoy doing as well as a commentator as well. Yeah, there's there's more focus on 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 the the game with the impo- uh, opponent in Heresy, I've, as I found. The, yeah, the, uh, you know, it's 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 more of a yeah, we're playing together rather than we're playing against each other. Yeah, exactly. They're both playing to have a good game, not necessarily to win. Yeah, and that's kind of the difference between Heresy and Forty K, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I have, I'm not one of the elitists who think that Eighth Edition has no place in Heresy or anything like that. At the end of the day, whatever Heresy goes to, I'll stick with stick with whatever the edition is. But my big thing was when they brought out Eighth Edition, I was already quite invested in the amount of Heresy stuff that I'd purchased. So whatever that did, I was going to stick with it. And I loved the Seventh Edition rules or Heresy Edition rules ones on them. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely not. I don't have a hatred towards Eighth Edition. It's just not the game I'm playing. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm of the opinion that um, I think. Uh, then again, everybody probably knows my opinion of that. Uh, I like I like Eighth Edition, but it's not good for Heresy. Um, at the moment, that that's my opinion no. anyway, and that's simply because um. There's, there'd be so much work to, to, to maintain the same feeling of the game. If that makes any yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think the actual format in which 8th edition runs, there's nothing wrong with it. That's how people want to play. That's how they want to play. Um, but I don't think it suits the whole... It's meant to be legions and legions of people sort of fight, facing off against each other. Um, and I think with the things that you can do in 8th edition where you can so obviously Ricky's a 40k events player so me and him talk about what's going on in 8th what's going on in Heresy quite a bit and he he openly admits that at the moment he or I think he doesn't anymore but he was running Dark Reaper spam because the game lent itself to being able to run all these Dark Reapers who just literally kept bombing the crap out of everyone mm. yeah although luckily or, or thankfully I mean uh Games Workshop do seem to be interested in changing the game to fix stuff like that. Yeah. Like, well, they did very early on with the, um, the Storm Raven spam. 
because uh, the first few weeks of uh, 8th edition, it was literally every Space Marine list was Rubu Gulliman and then a bunch of Storm Ravens. <laughs> uh, was, I have heard about this, yeah. And that was all that people had in their lists. And then I think it was it took about two weeks uh, after it came out, and then they were like, yep, yeah, nope, you've got, if you've got no troops on the ground, uh, infantry on the ground, the game is over, because you can't score. Yeah. If all you've got left is flyers, and it's sort of like, okay, yeah, yeah, you've just completely... You changed the game, um, which and in a good way, I think. Yeah, in a good way. And chapter approved has done some some good as well. I mean, the beta rules for Smite, for example, are um, fantastic because it, it, it you know it depowers those those awful Smite based armies. Yeah. Um, hopefully, they'll become proper rules. But yeah, that's forty k. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry we've gone off on a tangent here i apologize no no it's cool it's cool it's all it's all related at the end of the day i've no doubt that as heresy develops its own as its own system um if it's going to develop its own system rather than going to eighth stuff will get taken from eighth and incorporated into heresy and vice versa just yeah. like with um fantasy and 40k back in the day you know that they used to steal rules from each other all the time. Yeah. So no doubt that will happen with Heresy. And I think a lot of people are hoping that um, degrading degrading units will, uh, you know, the, de- the degradation of vehicles and stuff will become a thing. Mm. But anyway, so uh, going back to video and live streaming. Sorry. What, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's hey, the, these podcasts are com- conversational, as I put it. Good. <laughs> um, which means no script. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, no, it, 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 it feels more natural if that makes any sense. Mm. Um, agreed. Cause you can just have a conversation with someone and, and go off on all sorts of tangents, which sometimes makes editing hell. I, I mean, if, if you don't mind me asking, like, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions about Absolutely. live streaming and your preferences? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So the one thing I find with, uh, live streaming and particularly with my setup that I use is that sometimes you can't necessarily always see the units mm-hmm. and you also have to really try to make a good contrast between the armies that you put on the table, the color of the map that you're using and the color of the terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, I know that uh, I've got a really nice desert map, but the problem with it is because it's that sort of brownie orange, it doesn't necessarily give off a good view of other armies. Yeah, so uh, things like Death Guard. Um, yeah, actually, no, Death Guard. Might it can stand sort out. of, <laughs> it can sort of give you like a weird color to everything. It the camera almost changes it to orange because of the sheer contrast that you've got on the map. Yeah. Um, whereas I, I think the best map that I've ever used is a snow map because it's white, and even sort of the white legions. So, for example, your white scars or even like you say, death guard, because there's a couple of guys down in Portsmouth who have like very white death guard, like so that they're dirty, but they're not actually that dirty. Mm -hmm. Um, But because of the contrasting colors that they use with the reds and the greens, it does give you that sort of essence where you can go, oh, I can still see that there's a big difference there. Yeah. Um, And buildings wise, uh, I'm very lucky that um, Emperor's Path in itself is sponsored by the XLC. So we work very closely with them in order sort of the terrain that we use. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and the desecration city stuff that they've got coming out on well the kickstarter goes live on the 14th of this month um it's fantastic line of sight blocking terrain it's very square and you can tell what it is from above you don't have to worry so much about oh what is that down there is that passable is it not passable it's like you've got a building you can get up it this way and you can get down it this way and all of those sort of colors of different armies contrast so with that in mind if you were going to pick your the table that you would count as your ideal table to live stream what map would you use what terrain including color if need be would you use and what two armies would you like to see on there including sort of colors if they're not necessarily specified oh um that's an interesting question very good question um we are at uh company of legends we started off with my realm of my personal realm of battle board which is a green you know it's a basic green scheme um okay. which you know is fine um but then we changed over to Justin Hill. He brought a mat, um, which was a very sort of pale, uh, concrete mat. And I think mm. that actually worked really, really well because, yeah. um, it, it doesn't limit you on the type of terrain you use. Now, most of the terrain we're going to use it, that's made is urban. So suddenly, if you've got a, uh, if you're going from a, uh, you know, a grassy mat like mine was into a, um, into a sort of uh, pale concrete you're suddenly no longer limited by um you know the type of terrain that's gonna look good and keep the story flowing on um because there is a lot more terrain out there for an urban environment than for the grassiness of the of the realm of battle board if that makes sense yeah i agree um so i would say um on reflection something pale like a snowboard but urban yeah, I really want to find out. I'm going to have to speak to Justin and ask him which mat he used because uh, that he has because that mat was I honestly think was ideal because it showed up really well. Now, army wise, I don't know color um, just for showing up. I suppose something really contrasting colors, so you, so you can obviously tell which is which is which. Yeah. So maybe uh, Blood Angels, because I think yep. red, you know, really is, you know, you can tell red. It's probably worth mentioning at this point that actually the easiest army that, because um, I only got to watch one game live and I watched the rest sort of when I could uh, from the Company of Legends event and Pete Reese's oh, Thousand, his Thousand Sons. Sons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thousand they, Sons. Blood Angels or Thousand Sons. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, as soon as you said Blood Angels, I was like, very good point. Um, they showed up so well in comparison because you don't really get a red map yet if they were on a desert map like the one i've got it wouldn't necessarily show up so well do you think oh, i suppose well, yeah the orangey yeah the browns and oranges don't necessarily show very well whereas if you had something like salamanders on that table or white scars they show up perfectly so yeah i mean the blood angels on the specific map you've spoken about blood angels makes a, a lot of sense and pete reese's army was probably the easiest army to see from your weekend yeah. Also, the also you know, in my personal opinion, the prettiest. He does have a very pretty Thousand Suns army. It is. It is. It is incredible. And that Thunderhawk when you see it up front, and and to think the time scale in which he painted it, because he oh, painted. It makes me sick. Yeah, it's like how do you how do you do that in that kind of scale? You know, I mean, I know. I mean, uh, you know, I know some pro painters, and they would take and they would take about a year 
to paint something like that at that kind of level. It's like, I don't know how he does it. And I don't know how he hasn't got a golden demon either. Has has he actually entered one? I don't know. I suppose that would be the big question, because I know plenty of really good painters who are fantastic, but they've never entered a golden demon. Yeah, yeah. I know a chap who, um, Harry Welsh, who we've spoken about before, he went to Warhammer Fest, uh, I think it was the the first Warhammer Fest? No, No, it was the second Warhammer Fest. And he, the night before, had uh, painted up a uh, vindicator for his imperial fists and he was yeah. like you know i might as well take it along because it's uh because you know i've just finished it and it's our eat um he literally painted it in a night um and it was all washes as well so um you know how he managed to paint that in a night i don't know because the drying time would be incredible anyway he takes it along uh, along with this uh in, in captain that he'd spent about three months painting um, you know, you he, literally be giving this this update. Yeah, I'm taking this to the Golden Demon. It's going to be great. I'm hoping to get a finalist pen with it. And then when it came to the cut, his captain didn't make it, and his vindicator that you painted the night before did get the made the cut. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. And it was, like, it was always like, the ones that you you don't necessarily always think about, and you go, "Wow, how did that win?" And the thing that I've worked my ass off for, how did that that not win it? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes the the decisions made by the Golden Demon judges are, um, well, I don't get them. <laughs> they're they're certainly down to personal preference. I think that's one of the big things about Golden Demon. Yeah, it's not it's not a, it's it's a it's a style as opposed. I think it's a style as opposed to a, uh, you know, an absolute um, painting standard. If that makes any sense. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, when you when you're painting for Golden Demon, you you're painting for Golden Demon, and stuff that would win a Crystal Brush wouldn't necessarily win a Golden Demon, and vice versa. Very true. It's like uh, the Heresy Golden Demon. I still don't know how that diorama didn't walk away with the um with the Slayer Sword, the one with the Night Lord and the Custodes. I think it it all comes down to. I think Andy Wardle's because Andy Wardle won the Slayer Sword, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's he deserves it. He deserves it. Uh, to be fair, um, he does deserve it because that Magnus is is phenomenal. It is outstanding. Um, I yeah, <laughs> words cannot describe. And obviously, as a Space Wolves player, um, I should have a severe hate towards Magnus. But actually, I, I love the model. I, I love the actual. I love Magnus in the books, and I'd love. I I don't feel I could buy Magnus and paint him because I'd always compare it to the Andy Wardle one. To be honest, there's a lot of models out there that, that, that you've just got to not look at the, the 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 some of the other paint some of the really talented painters' works of because you'll always feel inadequate. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even some of the Ford World jobs make me feel inadequate, and they're not the best, <laughs> and they're not the best painters. Um, I've just realised I, I completely interrupted you. We started talking about Thousand Suns, um, and I, I sort of <laughs> yeah. So yeah, back to the so so fa- so Blood Angels or Thousand Suns would be the first army I would pick, and then second army. You know what? If I'm going to pick the Thousand Suns, I'm going to go with Spain. No, I'm not because in thirty k they're 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 they're, they're grey, so they're less. I was going to go with Space Wolves, but I was because I was looking at some of my Space Wolf units on my shelf, but they're they're sort of the baby blue. So, yeah, because when I do my 30k Space Wolves, they're going to be in the baby blue to ma- so I can use my drop pods. 
That makes sense. Plus, I like that colour scheme. I, my friend Philip, he does exactly the same thing. He he prefers the 30k scheme, sorry, the 40k scheme, and that's how he paints his Space Wolves. And you know what? His stuff looks outstanding. Your stuff looks great. It's I don't think there's anything wrong with painting them like that, if that's how you want to paint them. Well, I spoke to Alan Blythe at the um, for, the 40k open day, not last year, obviously, but the year before. And I said, when I do my space walls, I'm going to do them in the, in the 30k scheme, the 40k scheme. Um, is that, you know, is there a reason why that I might not want to do that? And he was like, no, absolutely not. They're, that's a perfectly acceptable scheme because the space walls were a big army. Um, like any legion and they have their own individual herald, you know, heraldries. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. And then I spoke to Neil Robert at the first Warhammer Fest because I was asking him literally because there's no official sort of word on why or when the Space Wolves change their colours. And no. I just asked him, so, so you know, because he's done both 40K and 30K Space Wolves, and I sort of asked him, you know, is there a reason why you think they changed, you know, and what, what kind of colour, you know, what's the differences? Because this was when I was first putting together my 40K Space Wolves army. And he just said, you know what? I paint the 30k space walls as if they, as if they're the 40k scheme. They just don't clean their armor. And I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. It's a fair enough thing to do. Yeah. But then again, he, he's not as, he's not as massively into the fluff as opposed to the, to the, to the, um, the painting, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Um, but he's a cool dude. Um, anyway, so yeah, no, uh, if you're gonna, I will go with Space Walls if they're in the baby blue, or maybe the Ultramarines. Okay. Yeah, Ultramarines versus Thousand Suns. Cause that red and blue, you know, it's a sort of a classic good versus bad color. Oh yeah, it, it makes complete sense. And although it would stand out. Yeah. It does automatically make you go, though. If you go Ultramarines, I'm like, well, if you're going to go red, go uh, Word Bearers. Oh, yeah, Word Bearers. Yeah, yeah, Word Bearers. But Word Bearers red is a kind of um, darker yes. colour. Whereas the Thousand Suns is a, is, a, is a more ruby, a bright ruby, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Which I think would work better. Okay. What about yourself? And then- um, is this over the whole thing or just the armies? Uh, yeah, go the whole, go the whole thing. I mean, I don't, well, I think you've covered the board, so maybe yeah. just the armies. Um, I'd really like to see, uh, maybe salamanders. Hmm. Yeah. Because the green will be quite striking, especially if we're going on a tea or a white board where you've got grey. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah. And then I think I might be with you in the sense of going down the red legion route. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a Thousand Suns versus uh, Salamanders game, so I think that'd be quite an interesting one to do. That would actually be. I've never seen that either. I suppose they're just not a legion that you will put together. No, I mean, it's there's that sort of... Obviously, we talk about fluff quite a bit in games, and you get certain legions that always get put against each other, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But obviously, um, my friend Jake, he went to Adepticon, uh, and I've just listened to his podcast, Covenant of Fire. And he said, I think he played on 
out of three games in one day, he played three thousand suns, or he definitely played three game three games against thousand suns over the course of say two days or something like that. Well, is he a space wars player? Is isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> so, and it's that sort of, and it, I'm sure it's the same with imperial fists and iron warriors and stuff like that. I mean, there's you don't always get it, but I think we also have to think about maybe doing some of the more obscure ones. So, so space wars versus alpha legion. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be one that I'd always be really interested to see being a player on both sides of that coin. Um, I love my Alpha Legion. They were, it's, um, it was what got me into the heresy. I love my Space Wolves. It's what I've collected for years. Um, and it would be a really interesting game to see because they're so different, but they're not completely opposed. Like um, I've quite a few times been stuck with Iron Warriors versus Space Wolves. Space Wolves run across the table, get shot off by the Iron Warriors, and it's sort of like, oh, that was... It's it's a reoccurring game, whereas when you do Alpha Legion, who aren't necessarily completely all about artillery, you've got that essence of making a really interesting game where you've got the Space Wolves, who are these people who um, are all about... They've got that sort of slight sneakiness to them, but not that of the Alpha Legion. Mm -hmm. So you've got the ability to sort of really make a fun game if you were doing, say, a Centurion game and stuff like that with them. So... I don't know. Maybe that'd be quite a nice sort of game. That would be uh, quite nice, yeah. But the the whole reason I've said about this is because, like we say, I don't think I've ever seen Salamanders versus Thousand Suns. But there's no reason it couldn't happen. It's just that people tend to go for the really obvious ones or the matchups that make sense bluff wise. Yeah, they do. They do. Sort of like a, a book. A book was written about this, so I'm going to put this in here. And we've been guilty of it in the past. When we set up our games last year, we did set up the obvious matchups, you know, word bearers versus ultramarines and and such. But, oh, I'm uh, terrible for it. Yeah. It's one of those, I shouldn't do it. I do do it. And it's been my, in my head, it's been my plan to do, to tr- avoid doing it this year. And so far, I think I've done okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll have to try and do a bit differently um, going forward. I don't think we have many matchups that were like that at uh, a company, apart from the Sisters versus uh, Thousand Sons. But that was well, a, once again. I mean, that was you weak. don't necessarily see full Sisters armies, so that's actually quite a nice one. Yeah, no, you don't. Although it wasn't a full Sisters army, it was also Imperial Fists and some Custodies. But that's kind of how that army is supposed to work. The sisters and the custodians are meant to work together. Yeah. Which you don't often see. You just see custodians or on their own or uh, no sisters at all. Yeah. Um, you've that. I like the idea of that army in terms of it's almost like the home team. That it is, is yeah, the yeah. terror ba- team. Battling in the, um, in the webway. Because, mm. of course, you know, they did. Well, the Imperial Fist, yeah. not so much, but. They were there. They were, they were somewhere. They, they, they probably were somewhere. They probably got used at some point. But it was almost one of those things. Why didn't he send some of the Imperial Fists into the into the webway? They weren't doing that much. Who knows? Who knows? I swear, <laughs> you could make a contractor joke here if you really wanted to about you always drive down the M1 and there's always bit, uh, contractors sat by the side of the road never working, which we all know <laughs> is never true. Uh, we know that they all work very, very hard and they deserve a tea break as much as the next man yeah. or woman. I used to work in that industry and uh, no, it, it's, it's really not true that half the time they just aren't working. <laughs> okay. 
yeah, I, was tra- I was trying to be sort of devil's advocate there no half the time they just aren't working <laughs> the number of times i went to say and it was sort of like why are you on a tea break and it was like it's scheduled tea break and it's like it's 10 in the morning you know, they're very, they're, you know, they do their work. They get, they, um, the, the thing with road work guys is they tend to work as, uh, they tend to do as little as possible, but get the job done in time somehow. Okay. Interesting. At least that's what I always found. And that was working on the inside. But then again, they, they probably were just trolling me. <laughs> they, uh, I wasn't, I was unpopular because I made them get rid of the uh, page free wall in the office. You made them get rid of the what, sorry? They had a wall of page-free girls. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, just page-free is taken out of the of the sun and stuck on the wall. And I was like, yeah, we've got women working in this office. And, uh, you know, technically a member of the public could walk in here. So let's, you know, perhaps not. If we could stop that, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it when you have to be the, uh, the, 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 the spoiler. The voice of reason. Yes. That is it. So, any going back to live streaming and such, you know, um, what would what about um, the services that that you find for streaming on? Because the there are the three big ones, really. You know, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. And mm-hmm. what do you, what have you what have you found? What what you use Facebook? We've used Facebook as well, and 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 YouTube. What do you think are the the different the advantages to the different systems out there? And then what would you choose, ideally? Oh, okay. Um, so Twitch in itself is its what's known as the live streaming site. Um, it's what a lot of people recommend. It's how a lot of people sort of, in essence, make their money through live streaming. Uh, they go on and they get people to subscribe and people to donate and stuff like that. So as far as I'm aware, it's the big sort of startup if you want to go live streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily as accessible as some of the other ones. So I think that's what in my mind, um, puts it sort of maybe in third position. Yeah. Um, YouTube is a fantastic way of doing it in the sense that that way it's uploaded there. You don't have to then upload it at a later date. Mm-hmm. Um, it notifies or it, depending on your settings, it should notify your subscribers that you've gone live. So, Say, for example, if I went on our YouTube and it would notify um, X amount of subscribers. Oh, here you go. Uh, Emperor's Path is live with X, Y and Z and it's on there and people can watch it. Um, I'd put that personally in a second position and I'm hoping that this comes across as a less selfish reason. Um, I personally prefer Facebook as my top choice for all three of them because Almost everyone has Facebook. It's a lot more accessible for people. Um, the amount of times I find live stream because I'm sat on my phone scrolling through and then pops up so-and-so is live. Oh, brilliant. I can go on there. I'm already on Facebook. I don't have to do anything. And you can keep it on Facebook still going while still scrolling through all your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that the interaction with viewers is a lot higher on Facebook as well. Once again, because it's so accessible to everyone. Yeah. Um, which, in my personal opinion, the more interaction you have with the people watching, the better. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, you don't get money for the Facebook one, uh, so it's more of a. I would, ha- I would r- much rather have people watching and engaging on Facebook than a couple of people watching on Twitch, and I get X amount of money for doing so, or because they've done this and that, and almost 
almost sort of like whoring yourself out like oh please make sure that you um i don't know the ins and outs of it really because it's not something that i follow as much but oh please make sure that you donate and stuff like that um for this particular video it's not something that i'm i want people to come to events so the best way of doing it is by making a most accessible option for people who haven't made it to this particular event yeah show show how cool the event is so that uh, people want to come to the next one yeah, I mean, what about you? What was your preferred method of doing? I don't know. I'm split between Facebook and YouTube. Um, okay. YouTube simply because, as you said, it's uploaded there. It's it's it stays, and it is probably for, in terms of long term access to the content, probably the best place to to put your videos. Because um, if people want to go back and watch watch it not live later, you know, um, um, what's the word they used? Um, time shifted um yeah that's what yeah that's what yeah i think that's the term <laughs> i'm just trying to remember the stuff you know from uh tv yeah yeah time shifted that's the word um then youtube is easier it, 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 for people to get access to later on but yes. as you said interaction from facebook and facebook live is a rather good good service um yeah. in that you can you can immediately you know you you know you can start commenting um pretty easily and interacting with the people who are live streaming um which which i liked i thought was really really good uh in an ideal world i would try and do to both at the same time but the service that we used because we when we first re uh, did our first live stream we live streamed to twitch and youtube at the same time using restream dot io mm -hmm. which is actually a really really good service but if you want to stream to facebook at the same time as any of those other services you have to pay a premium price for it mm. which i think is 14 dollars a month which if you're not streaming a lot is quite a bit of money yeah yeah i mean if i was going to stream i might do it for the next event because it it's a hassle, you know, uploading to YouTube later on because we have uploaded our videos to YouTube later on simply because, um, if you look at the, the, oh, what's it? The, the viewer figures in that, um, they're great on, they're great on Facebook, but, but within a few days of, uh, the event being over, the views just drop off. Yeah. Whereas with YouTube, um, they're still getting consistent views, which is quite good. And people are staying yeah. for longer. Um, so I think there's definitely a market. Well, say market. Sounds like we're selling ourselves or, or, or something. But I think there's. No, I think, I think market's the perfect word for it because you don't necessarily have to be selling something because you're effectively. You're still producing a product. Yeah. And a product still goes out to a market regardless of whether it's free or not. I think long term, it's got to be. You want to put it on YouTube. Hence why when we recorded with OBS, we recorded. Well, we didn't. We streamed and recorded at the same time because the software lets you do that. Which is probably one of the best options. Yes. And then we uploaded it to YouTube uh, the week after, one, one, one game at a time. Um, which I don't know if that worked. I, did, I just wasn't sure about overwhelming everybody with um, a game with five, with six games because it was ended up being six games because we had the bonus game. Um, yeah. All at, all at once or whether it was uh, better to, to, you know what we did which was upload one a day mm. so it's i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure well i think personally it's one of those things where 
I would rather put the videos up if rather than sort of doing it in a staggered way i mean i know you you sort of announced it okay here's this game and then maybe the next day was here's the next game and stuff like that i personally i'd upload them all in one go and then it allows people to watch whichever game they prefer and stuff like that because yeah, there's I some games that people, like that some people will look at the matchup and they won't necessarily uh, it's a very common thing there's certain armies that people love to watch not necessarily the ones you love to play or love to film or anything like that but there's i mean when custodies came out we did a centurion game it's our biggest game that we've ever done to date and it's because it's custode everyone loves watching it and for me i mean obviously even with the community and sort of like a, there's obviously that custodes bad custodes good that everyone has their own opinion about them but yet still people love watching that video and it's such a weird comp- concept to me yeah i mean uh, yeah and people have their own preferences i mean i will go and have my i will um watch when uh for you know 30k up channel for example upload an ultramarines or word bearers video i will watch the ultramarines word bearer videos because they're my armies i like them i like to see you know how other people are playing you know the kind of lists and and unit compositions that people are using so yeah i get Great. that yeah no no that's 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 an interesting thought um see i'm learning stuff and then, um, yeah. But yeah, no, I like the differences between our videos as well. I like that you have the commentators and you have the banter between uh, the, 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 the guys, unlike us who've just got the banter between the players. Having that third Which... party, I think, adds something to it. Although I do wish I could hear the players. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only problem. It's finding out, uh, I mean, I want, I, I like the idea of the other players. Uh, so hearing the other players uh, so for example Tom Stallard who is the loudest mouth in heresy yep um, he when you streamed his game even when his mic wasn't turned on you could still hear him <laughs> very true and and it was it was just really interesting to hear people you know and how they act with other people whilst they're gaming and it's all about balance I mean maybe maybe combining the two aspects of the different live streams that we have. So maybe doing a mainly on commentators. Okay. And we're going to go, and you could almost do it as like a joke of, okay, we're going to go ringside now and we're going to switch to, and then it you'll, and it will just cut to whatever they're saying to each other. So you'll, you'll almost hear like Tom or say, say for example, myself and you are having a game and it's like, well, I'm going to shoot at this and this and this. Okay. Well, I'm going to do this and this. And then you could go, all right, okay. Now we're going back to, and then you could just sort of go back to the studio. And then then they're like, wow, okay, so that was interesting. It's almost combining the best aspect of yours where you've got, you can hear what the players are saying and what I consider the the better aspect of ours where you've got the commentators with with banter and stuff like that. It it might be something like that. I think the thing is, heresy live streaming is relatively, I mean, heresy battle reports are not new. Um, You know, 30k channel have pretty much got the the monopoly on how to do that. Uh, I Mm. think it's fair to say, but... uh, live streaming is still something that we're putting together i mean even for 40k live streaming is still something that is coming together Mm. so it's still a developing format i think if that makes any sense agreed it's um it's i think it's because it's it's one of those things where you haven't just grabbed a camera and you're just recording what happened at the end of the turn or during the turn or the dice rolls or anything like that you're you're effectively having to set up this big setup. You're going to, and you have to make sure 
So the reason on Emperor's Path I record short bat reps uh, in terms of I do sort of turn summaries and stuff like that mm-hmm. is because I see it on the longer ones that they get so many comments about you did this wrong and you did this wrong and you did this wrong. You know what? I'd, if I do something wrong, I'd rather it not be on camera and something that we can fix in the game sort of whilst nobody's watching. And that's me personally. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone all of the different channels out there have their own unique selling point. And it's all about making sure that you don't want to tread on people's toes, but you obviously want to do what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know our RFI and I was like, super grateful for this. They said about the, the two big 30 K channels are Empress path and 30 K channel because mm-hmm. they're, and because they're both very different in what they do. 30 K channel is very serious, very, this is what we're doing beautiful tables and stuff like that and emperor's path is these are short bat reps you can watch in sort of 15 minutes to half an hour um short summaries and hopefully a little bit of banter between the gamers and i I think with your live streaming you've got that unique selling point of you're the first live stream that i've seen where the players have the mics as well and i think that's a fantastic little thing that you guys do as part of your podcast and your edge of empires in general yeah, I mean it was a complete accident. Well, not accident, but it was it was because the first live stream we did, we were doing between ourselves, and when we were yeah. looking at, it, we were thinking, well, if we do it between ourselves, um, who's going to be talking about the game? And that's literally where the idea for getting the headsets came from, because it was like, yeah, if we're if we're the ones playing the game, then it's going to be a silent thing, and nobody's going to know what's going on. So it sort of came to us essentially by, you know, almost by misadventure. Is it? Is it? Oh, that's not the word. I'm terrible at words. That's okay. <laughs> um, but it was sort of like almost, um, yeah. That and then and then it was sort of like actually, you know, this kind of works. But I like your idea of cutting to the studio. That would work. <laughs> Just got to make sure I've got, yeah, people available because at uh, Computer Legends I was having to run around doing all sorts of stuff. So. Indeed. Um, so for Path to Confrontation in July, um, I've specifically asked Jody and Callum um, if they could do the live streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally don't believe that if, if you are just doing the commentators, one commentator doesn't work. And there's been multiple situations where I was live streaming and it was just me and the players. And because I didn't have wireless headsets or anything, I couldn't give the players one to talk to them or anything like that. Uh-huh. Um and you need that sort of, if the game isn't a lull, you need the commentators to talk to each other. And obviously you can't do that if you're by yourself. Um, yeah, you need something to keep the action going. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise people um, are going to tune out. Yeah, completely agree. Um, and it's why I try and urge to get an additional person for commentating. Because otherwise I don't want it to be boring for the people watching. Um, so I'm... Uh, Callum's definitely coming. Uh, Jody's currently waiting to find out uh, if he's got that weekend that he can come down. Uh, and then I'll jump in on the live stream as well because it's something that I really enjoy doing. Mm. Um, but obviously running the event as well, like you say, you were off doing X, Y, and Z quite a lot of the time and you obviously want to make sure that your your event's the top thing and obviously probably live stream is, is afterwards. It's always about the people who are there rather than the people who aren't. Yes. But the live stream... I think live streaming is uh, something that uh, for events anyway, is something definitely um, that I think a lot more events should be looking into 
because it, yeah. it really does add something and it's an extra if you're if you're running an event series as it were it's an extra almost marketing level yeah sounds completely wrong. agree to say marketing but <laughs> um you've got to sell slight, your events slight little Slight little plug here as well. Uh, Emperor's Path uh, and Confrontation Events are happy to provide live streaming for your events if you so wish. Uh, if you get in contact with me, I will quite happily uh, discuss whether I'm able to come along or not, just so everyone knows. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Feel free. I mean, th- th- that's, that's the thing. You know, we, I mean, we learned how to do it through uh, Warhammer TV basically saying, yeah, go on, do it. It'll be great. And I think you know if you can get out there or, or we can get out there or whoever gets out there and shows you know the different um you know the different um groups who are running events out there hey this is this is what you can do you can run um live streaming you can you can you know do this it's not that intimidating the better because it means there's more content yeah because it's not that difficult guys it really isn't and if anybody wants to get in contact with me, or I'm sure Sam as well. Yep. I know Sam as well, because he helped me out. Um, You know, we can offer, you know, whatever terrible advice that we've got. Sam's is less terrible than mine, though. <laughs> I'd, I'd say we both have um our own points. I think that's a very key thing here, is we both have our own ways of doing it. Yeah. Um And... I've, I've, as I say, I've spoken to you and you've given me advice, uh, like getting those mics for sort of moving around the table um, and like just general helping each other. So it's, it's not like um, we both have our own little bits to add to it without sort of ruining each other's not limelight, but we, we can help in our own little way. You may love both ideas. You may hate one. You may hate both. Like it, everyone's very different on what they think live streaming should be and i think that's a very key point um i know the um so i speak with michael from rfi and he likes doing the live streaming but they want very in your face cameras all around the table sort of thing which is a really really cool idea um it's something i can't really do because i'm uh it's a very mobile live streaming service and i can't necessarily have iphones and stuff set around the table but the idea of it is fantastic oh yeah i like i like that idea but again it's it's uh, for me it's uh it's down to um ability with a computer you know the computer's power because <laughs> the computer can't uh, you know i've got a laptop for this you can't take a big powerful desktop um you know unless you're warhammer community and you've got a van and stuff um and unlimited budget but yeah there's, there's also yeah. the facts of it, it, for that kind of setup you're going to need some powerful computing power to to even handle the inputs if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Because, you know, you've got to process that somehow. And if you're trying uh, and to do live streaming, you you know, that's encoding on the fly. Um, it's, it takes up a lot of power, even for a, even for a powerful laptop. Like the MacBooks are yeah. pretty powerful machines. And I'm sure you can't live stream and do something and, and do many other things at the same time. Um, the MacBooks are all right, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I, if I was to compare my what used to be a very good computer for gaming and stuff like that in comparison to the MacBook, the MacBook being mobile and stuff like that is fantastic, um, and it works so much better in terms of like it's got faster processors and bits and bobs. Like, I, I'm not a very big computer techie guy, 
No, but what I do know is that a computer that years ago cost me hundreds and hundreds of pounds couldn't uh, comprehend half of the stuff that the MacBook runs seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my desktop is uh, is a few years old, and compared to the the laptop I use for the live streaming, it's it's a it it can barely handle anything. Um, <laughs> but even the even the laptop struggles. You know, when you've got three. Um, you know, well, actually four, because you've got the, the webcam on the laptop working um, to to output this uh, live stream. You know, it, it puts it under struggle. And then when you start thinking about adding more cameras at all, all the different angles, it's like the one thing I would love to do is get a camera that you can use to zoom in on the units that are that are doing some action. But that's actually a lot yeah. more difficult to to put together than than I'd like it to be. <laughs> mm. I think one thing that would be quite an interesting way of doing it as well is maybe um, almost like so compare it to thing like, like live events like football and stuff like that. Obviously, you've got your stationary cameras going on anyway. But it'd be really cool if you had maybe sort of like just a webcam, maybe a Bluetooth webcam or something like that that you can walk around the table with. So you can sort of go right. We're going to go and we're going to have a look at this. And it's almost like a wrap up whilst you could go, right, guys, take five minutes to go grab a quick drink or something. And you as a commentator and your team can then sort of maybe have a mobile webcam or even a camera if you can work out how to do it. uh, Mm. That stream that's effectively right. Okay, so this is what's going on table side. Um, I'm just moving this around to here and here. And it no, just trying to think of different ways to sort of add that little bit of extra oomph to what you're doing. Oh, definitely. Definitely, it'd be it'd be great to do stuff like that, and and the, and and that's what I love about this uh, this little live streaming community that's going on between ourselves, Radio Free Strand, you you, and um, I can't, I can't think there's someone else I've seen who's done done a few experiments, but I can't remember their name now. Oh, uh, the Forgotten Legion. Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah. Uh, 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 that that are actually putting together this, the, the, you know, this little you know, live streaming of, of Warhammer community. Um, it's, it's probably worth saying as well, actually, that the Forgotten Legion 30K, uh, which is predominantly run by uh, Chris Priddy, Michael from RFI, and the Delarosa brothers, um, they are actually the people who, A, got me into 30K because they started doing this sort of live streaming-esque bat rep style way before Warhammer community did. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it, they just got me into both the 30k and the live streaming aspect, so it's actually probably worth. I, d- I don't think they get a lot of airtime, but the Forgotten Legion 30k they do live streaming on a Wednesday night, but it's in America. Um, uh, it's well worth checking them out. They're a fantastic bunch of guys. Uh, they do sort of like a a Google Hangouts thing, but they also do live streaming of games and stuff like that. So it's probably worth mentioning that people who got me into this uh, so that they can get some of the recognition that they deserve yeah definitely definitely uh, i would second that uh that as well because they're a good bunch they are they're a lovely bunch of chaps yeah so uh and then obviously warhammer tv have done their live streaming which is uh i suppose inf- had its own got its own charms as well mm. i'm not that big a fan of the of, of, of the way they do things entirely but I think theirs is that they're a very up upmarket one. Like theirs looks very, very good in terms of the cameras are good. They've got headsets and stuff like that. And they've got 
uh, I believe, a ringer who sort of tells the commentators what's going on on the table constantly. Is that right? Yes, I believe they do. The, The only downside I will put to it is sometimes the commentators don't necessarily know every no well not not everything because nobody can know everything but they don't necessarily they aren't necessarily the best commentators for the particular game yeah i can i can agree on that um and it's no downside because you know you know they're, they're all lovely people it's just they don't know the game quite as well as 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 i think would be ideal for someone commentating on it if that makes yeah. any sense but they're still pretty good yeah and i think they're 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 almost establishing a gold standard for quality yeah i I think theirs is in terms of quality there's theirs is probably the 30k channel of the live streaming world uh the tabletop tactics of the live streaming world as well if you're going to take the two from 40k and 30k the two big high-end markets i'd say warhammer tv is probably the sort of the live streaming equivalent would you agree yeah definitely definitely and they and they and they have they have they, they they in themselves have essentially i know obviously um you know others have done it beforehand but they have sort of opened up opened it up um to a wider audience because you know people would never i think you know not many people would have gone for you know sitting down and watching a, a live stream game of of warhammer until the, the the warhammer tv sort of said let's do this mm. so they helped create that that audience in the first place agreed yeah okay so do you have any other anything else you'd like to say about live streaming and you know warhammer in general and maybe put a plug out for your podcast oh uh thank you um i had something to say and i can't remember for the life of me what it was now um, <laughs> was uh, there was something i was like oh i must say this by the end of the episode um so a big massive thank you michael for having me on i really enjoyed this um it's a topic that I do feel passionately about I've sort of haven't had a big chance to sort of do it this year. Um, but hopefully that will change. Um, if you want to check out, um, the podcast, it's unremembered heresy, uh, which features myself, Jody and Callum. Uh, the next episode should be going live any day where we talk about fast attack. Uh, and we sort of do a scoring system on it, on what we think, uh, based on the points and things like that, as well as other various subjects um if you want to check out emperor's path uh in terms of that's basically what i operate under on the internet um you can find me on youtube uh with emperor's path uh i'm on instagram uh, emperor's underscore path you can find me on twitter but it is pretty much all i do is tweet about life um i don't necessarily always post stuff about hobby related so if you want to know a bit more about me twitter is probably the place to find it yeah the, um, the thing about the thing i've noticed that the hobby doesn't really get much uh you know doesn't really do much on twitter it's an odd one in the sense that facebook tends to be the place for 40k instagram tends to be the place for 30k and twitter seems to be a really big warhammer fantasy and age of sigmar community oh yeah not being a big Sigma player, I wouldn't know that. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a, such a weird thing, and I only know it because my friend was like, "Oh, have you ever noticed this?" And as soon as he said it, I noticed it. Most of the tweets on Instagram are about Age of Sigma, and Instagram, fantastic for me, is so much heresy. Oh yeah, and then yeah. Facebook tends to be forty k, depending on what groups you're in. Um, 
but yeah empress path on instagram and then facebook there's two ways uh we've got an empress path page which is where i post most of the i say businessy-esque stuff um but there is also an empress path community page where uh, i encourage people to join the group and share things that they're working on um it's i love seeing people's works in progress so um and any projects that they're working on so if you have anything please head over there uh join the group and we'll um be happy to see what you're working on and bits like that yeah definitely worth joining i'm a member of them also and then yeah the podcast is fantastic and i'll throw up links for all those in the show notes thank you um final thing once again um if you have any questions about live streaming like michael said i'm happy to answer questions as is he um if you are interested in the possibility of getting Emperor's Path to come and live stream any of your 30k events exclusively, we only do 40k events for confrontation events. Um, but if you do want your heresy event to be live streamed, and obviously it's not too far from Portsmouth, um, drop me a message and we'll work out what's the best thing that we can do to get us along to your event so we can live stream. And I, suppose I, can, I suppose I can make the same offer for the North. Yeah, we'll split this into we're, we're, a franchise. <laughs> this is like the um it's like the oasis and blur divide but in a good way yeah we're, we're, we're trying to help each other out i was a i i was, I was a, a a blur man i i think i was too young or i was probably more into spice girls or something like that at the time <laughs> uh, my brother was into spice girls god he doesn't let you remind him about that very hallowell sorry <laughs> oh yeah it's all about jerry hallowell yeah she was uh she was something wasn't she <laughs> yeah she was she was indeed she was a good girl <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh god a, a more innocent age when a bra being exposed on tv was um was was it her bra was exposed on tv or was it just that her dress was very short i think it's a bit of both yeah well you have to. She, Jerry Halliwell was a page three girl before she was a Spice Girl, so yeah. So I, I, I won't lie. I, I borrowed the autobiography of Jerry Halliwell from my cousin because there were boobs in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the age before the internet, eh? Well, yeah. I mean, some people. It's it's all on hand now. You just need to Google. In fact, it, you can usually get. It'll be anywhere on Facebook about nip slips and stuff. Whereas back in the day, you had to really work hard to find that sort of stuff. Oh my word! It just fall into your lap. Oh, it literally does with the internet these days. My my um my mother-in-law told me to uh oh Google this site on um on Facebook. Um, it's really awesome, and I made a single little letter in the wrong place, and it was like, oh my word, that is um that is pretty graphic stuff. Yeah, it's it's an interesting world. Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. So we'll uh, leave it at that. And uh, thank you for joining me. And hopefully we'll have you on again sometime. No problem. You take care, Michael. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode. 